Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Well, the KMOX News team has been out covering everything you need to know from across our region. This is the St. Louis All Local. Today is Thursday, February 1st. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, the Webster Grove School District is looking at ways to trim down the number of teachers. Let's go live to KMOX's Maria Kina in the newsroom. How do they plan to do this, Maria? Michael, Webster schools are considering offering a retirement incentive program for the teachers, also for staff. Spokesperson Derek Duncan says, don't call it a buyout. He estimates, though, about 50-plus people are eligible right now. And what that would do is minimize disruptions for students. Anytime we're looking at uh, budget-related concerns or budget issues at all, we always want to make sure we minimize the impact on student learning. As for a reason, Duncan says enrollment is down and things just changed after the pandemic. The proposal will be the topic at tomorrow afternoon's special school board meeting. Live in the newsroom, Maria Kina, KMOX News. KMOX is talking with the firefighter behind the wheel of the fire truck on ice that went viral. That was my biggest concern was killing somebody in their house because with that much weight going, it wasn't going to stop. Kevin Steinmeier of Rock Community Fire Protection District in Jefferson County says they were responding to a busted fire hydrant when he could feel the wheel start sliding. He says he even tried to hit a tree at the top of the hill. To keep me from continuing down through the yard and go across the street and hit the house that was in at the end of the street. So I figured if we were going to take any damage, I would rather us take the damage than cause it to anybody else. He says the truck that crashed is not being used now because of the damage. St. Louis Police Chief Robert Tracy does not believe a private company conducting drone surveillance makes the community safer. A private company plans to fly drones around St. Louis, charging a subscription to watch the footage and allowing users to personally request drones. St. Louis City Police Chief Robert Tracy tells KMOX he hasn't seen anything that leads him to believe what this company advertises actually helps. Doing an overall randomized patrol, I have not seen any anything out there that could to verify the success of doing this. Chief Tracy adds he's concerned about people's right to privacy being violated by these drones. The drone surveillance is set to begin on Monday. Sean Malone, KMOX News. An update on the bar damaged by a St. Louis City police car in December. The mayor's office says Building Commissioner Frank Oswald had a productive meeting with Bar PM's property owners and stressed to them the city is not seeking to have the building condemned. He said a letter sent to them outlined inspection findings necessary for insurance claims and was not meant to be taken as a condemnation order. A mayor's spokesman says the city hopes to continue this direct level of communication to ensure the damage to the building can be repaired. Brad Choate, KMOX News. I hear you. I heard you respectfully. But I gotta get, I, I gotta do the job. I gotta start somewhere. A conversation about the Taney health care held today between advocates and the St. Louis health director, Dr. Madi Davis. She says the city is in the final stages of hiring a new chief medical officer for the Justice Center, referencing advocate concerns over suicides at the jail. She emphasizes the candidate's mental health background. A p- licensed psychiatrist who has worked in correctional care and who understands my priority around mental health, which is one of the things that you alluded to. City residents have one more day to vote on how to spend the quarter of a billion dollar Rams settlement. 20 ideas are on the table from traffic safety to subsidized child care to new school construction. After voting closes, the Board of Aldermen will take the most popular ideas and vet them. What would they cost? What are the staffing needs? Um, how long might it be sustainable? Uh, what would the annual cost be? Alderwoman Alicia Saunier says this next phase will last through May. The final decisions are likely to come in the fall. You can vote at stlewis.citizenlab.co. 
Scott Jagel, KMOX News. St. Louis is investing in a second round of grants that aim to transform neighborhoods. Tom Nagel with the city's Community Development Administration says its goal is to build human capital and affordable housing through $20.6 million. Through a recent report that we published last year, we know that one half of all city renters are rent burdened. So we need to expand the availability of affordable housing, not just because there's a need, but because the city knows that residents want more neighbors. Nagel said the grants specifically target the creation of permanent housing for domestic violence victims, vacancy, lot activation, and grassroots initiatives. The Griot Museum of Black History is now in its 27th year. The founder and president, Lois Conley, says the focus is on regional history. So there are people there who were born and raised in St. Louis or in the region, but also folks who, and events that may have taken place uh, in our area, but may they also may have some national significance. The Griot Museum is open Tuesdays through Saturdays on St. Louis Avenue. The KMOX Business Desk. We've told you about customers rebelling against self-checkout. Now Schnucks is making it policy. The locally-based grocer says starting today, only people with fewer than 10 items should use the self-checkout. Large carts should head to a checkout with a person. A lot of people, they're kind of like hesitant when thinking about going to um, self-checkout by themselves, maybe because they're confused about the machine, maybe because they're concerned about the actual work and they have to do. Drexel University business professor Dr. Yanni Lu Hong says research shows people begin to get frustrated if they're scanning more than 20 items themselves. Schnooks, by the way, adds that the move will also reduce theft, which is good for low prices. As we continue on KMOX, making highways safer by getting parked semi-trucks off the shoulders. That's what the feds are looking at doing. After a lot of asking from the industry itself, the Department of Transportation is giving out $300 million to address what's being called a crisis in trucking. We saw this firsthand of the danger to the public in the St. Louis area last July when a Greyhound bus slammed into three parked tractor trailers along I-70 near Highland, Illinois. Three of those passengers on the bus were killed, 14 hurt. None of the truck drivers were hurt. Joining us now is the Executive Vice President of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association, Louis Pugh. Thank you so much, Louis. Hey, thanks for having me. So first of all, I think a question a lot of people might have is, why are there so many trucks that uh, folks on the interstates can see parked on the shoulders? It, it seems anecdotally like there are more now than there have been in the past. It seems like they're mostly on the entrance and exit ramps and mostly at night. Uh, but why are they there? Um, all the above statements are true. I mean, unfortunately, this has been a problem in trucking for the last probably 25 or 30 years, a parking shortage, but it's just continually been ignored by both state and federal government until it's finally reached a crisis level. We have one safe spot for every 11 trucks out there on the highway to park each night. Truckers, of course, are mandated by federal law that they must take a break for at least 10 hours every day. So they have to find somewhere to park for 10 hours to rest, which is very much needed for them and for the safety of the highway. And but that's the problem. There's not a there's way, there's just like I said, there's one safe spot for every 11 trucks. So that's why these trucks end up parked all over the sides of the road, out up on ramps, and just all these crazy places that nobody wants them to be, including the trucker. You know, there's no one who cares more about safety than truckers. That's where they make their living is on the highway, and they work in every day. And it's, it's just a shame that this is the position we're putting truckers in.
Now, what are the rules when it comes to how long they can be on the road before they have to take a break? How long is that break? And I feel like that might play into uh, the decision whether to just pull off and stop in that moment. Maybe you've hit your allotted time and you you don't necessarily have the ability to uh, to go on to the next exit without being penalized for that. You are correct, and that's exactly what happened at bus accident we saw over in Illinois there a few months ago. You're allowed to drive 11 hours a day within a 14-hour period. So to simplify that, if you start driving at 6 a.m., you have to 8 p.m. to drive 11 hours. If you haven't hit that 11 hours or you or whatever, you have to stop at the 14th, or you have to stop before 11. And that's what happens to folks is they start running short of time. Most of our truckers, and for all research, and they waste at least an hour a day of driving just trying to find a place to park. And sometimes they stop before because they just, they're afraid that before their day's even done, so they hopefully, because they found a place and they don't want to lose it. But yeah, that's exactly what happens. They, they, they run out of time because they haven't found anywhere, so they just end up parking somewhere that they don't want to be, nor does the motoring public want them there, but they just have no choice because if they move, then they're violation of federal law and can receive a ticket or, you know, God forbid something worse happens like that, then it's really bad. Now, we've, we mentioned this at the beginning, $300 million in total from the feds uh, comprehensively. Missouri's looking at about $92 million of that related to the, we've heard about the extension of I-70, more lanes, but uh, this would go toward also adding new truck parking facilities. And really, does this mean more rest stops? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I have been privileged because we're based, our headquarters are based in the Kansas City metro area, and I've been blessed to attend some MoDOT meetings and some had some pretty good communications with some folks at MoDOT. And, yeah, they're opening, they've realized that this is a problem and understanding from me. They're looking at different ways to handle this. I don't know whether they're going to add rest stops. Just as we think of rest stops, there's been questions made of me is what if they own land that's, like, right off the interstate to where you have to exit off, but, like, kind of like they do with parking goes and stuff like that for semis. I said, I think truckers will be happy with anything as long as we're doing parking. My only concern in this, and I continue to put it, is sometimes we see stuff like this happen, and then the money starts going instead of parking places for signage or all these little technology or digital ways to tell people, tell truckers how many parking spaces there are in a spot. And, And the problem is those are all really nice and warm and fuzzy, but they don't make parking. What we need to do is make parking places, and once we have enough parking places for trucks, then worry about making signage and stuff like that. And more parking spaces would have prevented the tragedy in Highland, Illinois. 110%. I mean, if lawmakers would have been listening to truckers and for the last 20 years, we've been saying this. I was, I got two and a half million miles. I was on the road for 25 years. And there's been a parking problem, and it's just progressively gotten worse. And the public needs to start embracing this and lose the NIMBY attitude of, we. well, we want trucks to have a park, but not where we are. And we can't be like that. Congressman Bost from uh, right here in the St. Louis metro in the uh, the Metro East. Well, we'll see what happens with the $300 million nationwide from the feds, what Missouri will do with the $92 million share, what changes will come to I-70. We'll be watching it. Louis Pugh, Executive Vice President of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association right here in Missouri. Thank you so much, Louis. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm Michael Calhoun. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date by downloading the Odyssey app.